Hi, welcome to Rain and Rest. This is week 14 and my name is Jenny Donnelly. And if you were with me last week, we were talking about some really cool stuff, healing from the pain of the Judases in our life. I know, I've been there too. It's not fun, but you know what's great? When those accounts are closed and we can move on. But I want to bring up something really interesting and that is the seasons of our life when we are pressed. I have a feeling that this is coming to you at the perfect time, because I believe that prophetically, you might be entering a time of your life that you feel like you're squeezed a little bit. You feel squeezed a little bit, like perhaps God's inviting you into greater territory, or maybe your kids are growing in a certain direction and like your parenthood is being demanded of you more. I mean, I'm just sensing that there's an area of your life that you feel like you're just being pressed in a little bit. Well, let's pick up where we were last week. You remember in Mark 14, this is when Jesus said, under no circumstances will I ever deny you, Jesus. I will go with you even unto death. And then all the disciples said the same thing. And if you remember last week, we kind of fast forward and realize, okay, you guys didn't stay. Okay, y'all left. <laughs> Everybody left when Jesus was being arrested. Okay, we get it. But I want to show you the scriptures right in between this. And this is verse 32, this is when Jesus prays in Gethsemane. He knows he's going to be arrested. Okay, this is right before Judas comes with the soldiers to arrest him. So what's happening between Peter saying, I'll never leave you, and then his arrest? This is right here. Then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the oil press. Okay, the Garden of Gethsemane can also be called the oil press. I want you to think about this. Have you ever thought about how olive oil is made? Well, olives have to be crushed. They have to be crushed. It's like my little girl came to me today, Mercy, and she said, Mom, I want orange juice. And she, and she had an orange, a little mandarin orange. And she said, I want you to chop it and squeeze it. I want you to make orange juice because she had her little American Girl coffee mug. <laughs> I was like, okay, play the game. Here we go. And so that's what, how you make orange juice is you have to squeeze it, right? Well, do you know that we go through times in life where we're being squeezed, but on the other side of the pressing and the crushing, what do we get? We get the new wine. We get the oil. And oil means ease. It also can mean joy. I remember praying a really dangerous prayer a couple of years ago, and I said, God, I want, by the end of this year, I want to have new wine. I do not want to give people the same old Jenny from last year. I want to have new anointing. I want to have something flowing out of me that's new, Lord. I want new wine. Well, I didn't stop to think about what was required to have new wine. And if I would have thought about the process, I probably wouldn't have prayed it so quickly. But to get new wine, you have to be pressed. The grapes have to be crushed. And it's almost like the Holy Spirit went, well, let's get started. And the crushing began. And it was one of the most stretching crushing times of my life, but I wouldn't take it back. So I want you to think of a time in your life where you would not take it back, but you certainly wouldn't want to do it again. <laughs> but you're like, listen, the enemy thought he was taking me out with this. The enemy thought he was taking Jesus out right here. I'm going to get him. We're going to kill him and then be done with him. And then Satan thought, then I'll be ruler over everything. See, when you went through the olive press, when you went through your Garden of Gethsemane, the, the enemy thought he was getting you too. 
He thought he was getting me as well. But you know what happened? I came out the other side with more anointing, with more peace, with more rest. I came out with more authority. Whew, and it was rough. But you know what? With it came a reward. And I want you to know that that's the God that we serve. Just when the enemy says, ha, 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 I've got you in a tight spot. You're being crushed. You'll, you'll never recover from this crushing. Just when the enemy says that, I want you to know that your God has not abandoned you. And Jesus had to trust that in this hour. He had to trust. I'm going to my death. Will my God raise me from the dead? He had to believe because he could have hopped down off the cross. He could have completely justified because really he had none, done nothing wrong to be arrested. He willingly went. He basically held out his hands and said, dear, take me. I mean, he just didn't do anything wrong. He could have avoided this arrest. He could have avoided this death, right? But what was on the other side of it? Resurrection, defeating death so that you and I, when we die, we aren't going to actually die. We're going to be resurrected to life because we get to partake in his resurrection, but we also partake in his sufferings is what the Bible says. Okay. So here we are. We are in the oil press and here he is. He told them, sit here while I pray a while. So he's told his disciples, sit here. I'm going to go pray. He took Peter, Jacob, and John, his most loyal disciples with him. An intense feeling of great horror plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. This is one of the first places that Jesus begins to take on humanity in the way that is horrible. It says that he was in such great horror, it plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. Have you ever felt deep sorrow and agony? Have you ever been through something and you're just like, I don't know if I'm gonna survive this. I feel like there's somebody on the other side of this camera that you have been through a divorce or you're in one right now and you are saying, I don't know if I can survive this. You know what the enemy thinks? He thinks he got you. But you know what we know? that there's resurrection life on the other side of this. And Jesus will not let go of your hand. He will not let go of you. I know I'm talking to somebody and there's somebody else that you lost, somebody so close to you. I feel like there's a mother who lost her child and you're thinking, I can't recover. I, I, I'll never recover from this type of pain. Jesus knows how you feel. He knows. And although the enemy is the one who tried to crush you, Jesus won't leave you there. I was listening to an upper room song yesterday while I was working out. And I believe the lyrics were, he won't leave us broken. He just won't. He won't leave us broken. We are going to be crushed, but he won't leave us that way. Because you know what? God did not leave Jesus that way. He did not leave him on the cross. He didn't leave him in the grave. He resurrected him to life. And that's your destiny is to be resurrected to life. Have faith. Understand that Jesus loves you, God loves you. He's not gonna leave you in the oil press. You're gonna come out the other side, I promise you. And he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed with anguish and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Have you ever felt that way? Stay here and keep watch with me. He walked a short distance away and became overcome with grief. He threw himself face down on the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, he would not have to experience this hour of suffering. He prayed, 
Abba Father, all things are possible for you. Please don't allow me to drink this cup of suffering. Yet, and this is powerful, yet what I want is not important for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. He knew that there was a fulfillment on the other side of the most horrific feeling, emotions, body, soul, and spirit. He was getting buried. Then he came back to his three disciples and found them all sound asleep. He wakened Peter and said to him, Simon, are you asleep? Do you lack the strength to stay awake with me for even just an hour? Keep alert and pray that you'll be spared from this time of testing, for your spirit is eager enough, but your humanity is feeble. When I read that yesterday, I thought, yes, God, my spirit is eager enough, but my humanity is feeble. Father, I'm asking you to please strengthen me. Even though my spirit is eager and I'm ready and it's about revival and here we go, Father, I am feeling feebleness in my humanity. I'm feeling myself asleep when I need to be awake. So right now, if that's you, then what we get to do is we get to lean into God. We get to be asking him to increase our strength in our humanity and say, God, I, I need you to help me with this. I need you to help me press into prayer. I need you to help me be awake and vigilant for the work ahead. Then he left them a second time and went to pray the same thing. Afterward, he came back to the disciples and found them sound asleep for they couldn't keep their eyes open and they didn't know what to say to him. After praying for the third time, he returned to his disciples and awoke them again saying, do you plan on sleeping and resting indefinitely? That's enough sleep. I like that. I'm like, okay, God, that's enough sleep. You're right. The end has come and the hour has arrived for the son of man to be handed over to the authority of sinful men. Now, right there, I felt the Lord say, present day, the end has come. Basically, I feel like Jesus is saying, hey, I'm ready to come. My bride is not ready. The hour has come. I need more laborers in the field, more laborers. The harvest is plenty. The workers are few. And I feel that you and I are to just allow ourselves to rest, even in the crushing, even in the pressing, that we can rest in trust and faith. And then guess what? As we stop fighting that process and we come in and you see Jesus over and over again, he goes back to the father. He goes back to the father because guess what? His friends weren't dependable in the crushing. Guess who's usually not dependable for you? Your friends. They usually are like, oh, I'm sorry you're going through that. Or, oh gosh, yeah, that's hard. Or, but nobody really understands. You know, the only one that Jesus really knew he could go to was the father. But he knew, he said, you know what? What I want is not important. It's just not important. I want to fulfill the plan of my life. And I felt right here where it said, the end has come. I felt that the Lord was inviting you and I to wake up and be present. It's all hands on deck. And we're getting the bride ready. We're getting the bride ready for Jesus to come back. And so in this crushing place, in this stretching place, we can stop looking for everybody else to help us and pray for us and just say, Lord, here we are. Here we are. And you have great plans on the other side. So I lay my life down and I go through this with you. And he said, verse 42, and we'll end right here. Get up and let's go. Get up and let's go. Don't you see my betrayer draws near. And so Jesus is saying to us, get up 
and let's go. Even if the crushing is there, Jesus had to, in that moment of great sorrow and agony and depression and grief, he said, I feel like I'm dying. He fell on his face in grief and sorrow. And in that moment, he said, get up and let's go. So Father, I thank you. And I ask you, God, that in the face of great adversity and great crushing, that we're, when we're in the olive press, God, that we know on the other side of the olive press that you are waiting in resurrection power for us. And we don't have to boo-hoo our way through this. We don't have to look for friends to be there for us all the time. We just have to know, God, Father, that you are there and there is life. There is life in the crushing. There is life on the other side. And maybe it's not what we want, but we want to fulfill the plan you have for us. And I just feel like there are so many of you that have such great things to accomplish for Jesus, such great things. And the Lord is saying, pray because your humanity is feeble. Your spirit's eager, but pray, ask him for help. And then he says, get up, let's go. The hour draws near in Jesus name. Amen.